wonderful friends. It is a delight to be here again and we welcome you to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is a show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. My name is Helen Gray and I'm the lay pastoral worker at Birdwoods SDA Church. That's a Seventh-day Adventist church in the beautiful Adelaide Hills, which, by the way, have been very cold in the mornings. It's really wonderful to be able to share with you. Our new theme this um, this time we're going through is Mythbusters Examining Non-Biblical Beliefs of the Christian World. And this week we are looking at the question, is creation and the food and the flood a fable? Tonight we want to find out, did Jesus teach and believe biblical creation? And sitting now in the hot seat across from me tonight, he's usually in the seat that I'm sitting in, by the way, um, but he's going to be a co-host tonight. And there's none other than the host extraordinaire, Fabiano Nyonkuru. And he is the pastor of the Sinai and Melrose Park churches here in South Australia. Welcome, Fabiano. It's great to have you here. Thank you, Helen. Hi, uh, your introduction is quite amazing. And well, shall I say, um, maybe, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm a simple person. <laughs> so as a sinner, self by grace and happy to serve where the Lord has appointed me. Yeah, no, thank you. I did a good job <laughs> of embarrassing you, didn't no, I? No, you did, indeed. <laughs> As David said last yeah. night, there's a bit of power behind being the host. That's right. <laughs> I won't do that right. to you again. Sorry. No, no but it's but, all right. But mm-hmm. Fabiano, you've interviewed me and you've interviewed others. That's right. Can you tell people a little bit about yourself? Now, number yes. one, uh, where are you from? So originally from the central eastern part of Africa. As you know, Africa is a continent. So um, our country, Burundi, it's small on the map. But if you know where Congo, Tanzania, Kenya... Uh, Rwanda is situated. In fact, we're just sitting be, uh, below Rwanda. That is where I came from, Burundi. Um, but, uh, you know, I spent about nine years in the refugee camps before, uh, coming here to Australia. And, um, so yeah, so I would say, uh, my early teens, I spent that time here in Australia. But before that, I, yeah, I was pretty much in Africa. Okay. Mm-hmm. Are you married? Oh, yes. I'm thankful that, uh, uh, that the Lord has been good to me and I have one wife, as the Bible says, you know, we need to be content. <laughs> one wife and two beautiful children. I'm also grateful that, um, you know, this has been an answer to prayer. We had actually wanted one of each. So a girl and a boy. And so we are very thankful. And, uh, so yeah, um, I do have a family. Well, that's great. I felt a bit awkward asking that question, you know, because no, I'm actually right. a yeah, widow. Yeah. No, and I thought, right. I wonder how this sounds. I'm actually asking a gentleman, is he married? <laughs> no. no, you've got a lovely no. family and beautiful yeah, children. That's great. <laughs> now, you are the pastor yes. of two churches that's right. um, here in Adelaide. How long have you been in Adelaide? I have been in Adelaide for, good question, Probably about 16 years. Let me quickly do the maths. Uh, I've been here for uh, about 16 years, 15 to 16 years. And um, yeah, but I've enjoyed uh, living in Adelaide. Uh, I have traveled actually quite a bit um, uh, here in Australia, but 
I still call Adelaide home. Uh, it's uh, small and beautiful. So, yeah. Yeah, it is a good place, isn't it? Definitely. Right. Yeah. And tell me, um, have you always been a Seventh-day Adventist? Have you always, well, you haven't always been a pastor, obviously. <laughs> but <laughs> what, what brought yeah. you to this calling? Well, we were raised, well, let me put it this way. My mom was a Catholic to begin with. So probably around the age of five, maybe, um, uh, mom married an Adventist. And um, where we come from, uh, especially at that time, if you married a man, you pretty much married into his religion as well. Mm-hmm. So we became Adventists that way. And uh, and I enjoyed Pathfinders, which is like a young people's club uh, in the church. And But I gave my life to God here in Australia. Um, and uh, I, ha- I think your second question was regarding uh, the calling. Um, yeah, I guess in a nutshell, I was really taken by the worldlings or the worldly things. Uh, anything that moves on television, you know, captured my attention. And I had actually left uh, the church in that I was not attending church. Uh, I went to um, do music and all those kind of things. But there was this empty hole in my heart and I always felt that, hey, there is something that is missing. Uh, the world could not satisfy. And so I, um, I actually came back to the Lord through a, um, through DVD, uh, evangelistic DVD series that I was watching that were handed over to me by a friend of mine who was, also, who had also backslidden, happened mm. to be at his uh, sister's, uh, birthday party. And he says, Hey, you gotta watch this. So I watched this, uh, uh, wonderful evangelist, uh, Mark Woodman, a South African. Ah, yes. Uh, that's right. So presenting and what really captured my attention was his presentations on music because that's what we were doing. We were pretty much trying to make it big. And so when he got to those presentations, that really captured my attention. And that made me want to, you know, start attending church again. And from that point onwards, there were many people whom God used to say, Hey, I think you should be a minister, you know, different people. And, and, and this conviction was becoming more solid as, as, as I'll be given, uh, you know, appointments to preach. And, and, uh, though I was following, uh, the media and I was wanting to become a filmmaker, a film producer, maybe, but this conviction grew uh, in my heart. So then I made the decision. Let me follow God's calling. I don't want to be like Jonah. <laughs> so I said, hey, let me go and uh, see truly whether this is what God would have me do. And so I believe that, you know, the, the conviction has been confirmed. Uh, um, and, uh, and I thank God for that. Great. Now yeah. you mentioned Jonah. Um, not everybody would know who Jonah that's is. That's right. That's right. Is so he a Jonah- friend of yours? <laughs> Good question. Now Jonah was a, a biblical uh, gentleman who, uh, whom God called for a mission to go and warn uh, a people that there was a judgment coming that they needed they needed to turn to God. But Jonah, um, knowing the kind of people he was called to uh, to go and witness to, uh, he said, "No, I, I'll probably uh, take my uh, I'll, I'll take a different road, and uh, and, and I'll escape from this uh, from this mission." And so God. Um, uh, uh, in, in a sense, let me just say that God tries to get his attention by getting him to be thrown into the ocean and he finds himself in the belly of the whale, as some people would call it, uh, a big fish. Uh, and that's how God got his attention. And I said, all right, God, I'll go. So in a sense, I was just saying that, hey, even 
you know, in my life, I see that I was kind of like running away from God and maybe what God was preparing me to become. And, but then God had other ways to bring me, uh, to bring me back. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, thank you, Fabiano. And mm. it is a delight to have you co-hosting for us tonight. That's right. And I'm not sure which is the worst seat to be in. This one's pretty nerve wracking with all this, um, finery here. That's right. And, um, yeah, but then again, you had to do some work this week, and yes. <laughs> you do every week, don't you? That's right. Well, I believe that um, the work of ministry is a blessing, and I am so thankful that we could serve God, um, you know, full time. I know that we are not all called uh, to a similar work, but uh, but I really find it to be a blessing in my in my own life, and uh, and I thank God for that. And so, yeah. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, before we go much further, yes, um, I thought it might be really, really good if yes. we had a quick look at what's what's here in the um, the newspapers. That's right. This week, That's right. and I came across an article, yes. and it's it's a very simple one actually, but it sort of hit me because it said no more petrol cars within fifteen years' time. Mm. Have you ever driven a car that is electric or? No, no, I haven't. I'd love to, but well, I haven't. Yeah. I've been, I've been privileged to drive a council car up here. I work with the oh, uh, the library, uh-huh. and um, we have a car that's a hybrid. Okay. And I remember the first time I drove it, yeah. I kept wanting to, you know, get it going because you can't hear a thing. Right, right. You know, right. You're, you're sort of waiting for that roar of that engine, and there isn't one. <laughs> that's right. And that's very nerve wracking. You know, for people. But I thought it was interesting. They're saying here that all new fossil fuel projects must be scrapped and the sale of petrol cars stop within 15 years for the world to reach net zero carbon emissions by 2050s. That's what the scientists are saying. Interesting. And it's interesting. They had a summit, a climate summit in Glasgow. And for anybody who doesn't know where Glasgow is, that's from Scotland. And um, I'm actually from Edinburgh. But uh, Glasgow is a very industrial town, or it used to be. And they had this summit, and they want to um, have this on the road. Um, they're producing a roadmap to show what would be needed to limit global warming uh, to 15, I think it's 15 degrees C by the looks of this. Mm. Okay, so... They're looking at this, but you know what it means is it would include no new oil and gas fields approved for development beyond projects already committed to as of 2021. It also states that sales of new petrol and diesel passenger cars will have to end by 2035 mm-hmm. and the energy efficiency of vehicles will need to improve about three times faster than the current trajectory. And the federal government has not formally committed to net zero emissions as yet but they've said it is a preference that we can do that now i i'm just thinking about that you know if if they're not going to start any more uh, gas fields um no new oil fields um that could be a very good plus mm. but at the same token what about all these people that are working in these places that's right and i know that um you know within with every new development there's always something positive and something negative uh, to it. But I think, though, in the long run, um, this will be what is best for our 
our, our planet. And so hopefully, you know, the government could actually, you know, create more jobs for these people and, you know, maybe work as uh, uh, not, not only cleaners, but uh, I don't know, maybe other jobs. But, but I think, though, in the, if we look at the bigger picture, uh, this might be, well, uh, I believe also that this is the best for our planet yeah. because for a number of years we've been hearing that hey uh, the um, the ozone layer has been damaged and and we need to do something about it and I watched the documentary not long ago the eleventh hour it's called and you know scientists were coming together to say hey this world cannot continue any longer sadly they yes. think that they can fix it rather than calling up to yeah. God but hey but definitely there is that uh, awareness that we really need to do something about it yeah yeah, yeah. I tend to agree with you there mm. um, I mean you only have to go through a tunnel while you're driving and yeah. you can if you've got your windows down the emissions right. that are coming out are shocking aren't they That's right. That's right. I think um, I'm just going to switch switch uh, tack at the moment mm-hmm. we have a very dear friend on the line yes. and um, I hope that I'm just going to ring him now and um, this is Nick Krita and Nick is one of our hosts and I'm hoping Nick that you're going to come in and talk to us Yes, uh, I'm online now. Yeah, fantastic. That's great to hear you, Nick. Um, I'm feeling an echo here. I hope it's coming through okay. But, but Nick, you're not here in South Australia, and we've been missing you and your good work because you are one of our hosts here at Faith FM as well as doing many other things. But tell me, where are you? You don't believe it if I will tell you where I am now. I'm standing next to one of the most iconic places in Australia. Would you guess that? It sounds like that's a bit of a rock, I think. <laughs> it is a big <laughs> rock. That's right. And it's very, very nice, very shiny. Yeah. And it's um, hot, is it? How's the weather? It's not too bad, actually. It's just nice now. Well, it's very cold here, Nick. Oh, well, then I better maybe stay a little bit longer here. Oh, no, no, no. We need you here. We need you here. But tell me, tell us some of your travels, Nick, um, if you can cover them fairly quickly. Let's let's just see. Where have you been and what have you been doing and what can you share with us? Helen and I had the privilege to uh, travel to Northern Territory and uh, I spent some time in um, Darwin, in um, Alice Spring, um, Different places in Catherine. One of the special places where I've been was in Mataranka, and that was a special occasion just uh, last uh, weekend where there was an unveiling of uh, some statues with pictures. You know, uh, you may heard about the story of the girl who talked to. I think we've just lost um, Nick. That's right. I'm sorry it's dropped out there, but he was about to tell us about the girl who um, talked to the stars. There's a book about it and about a little black princess. And um, I, I'm only sharing that because I know the story that's come from Maranka. And, um, yeah, so I'm glad that Nick's brought that up. He is certainly standing at a very or been to a very important place. Nick, are you back with us? Yes, I, I am back, and I'm, yeah, I'm sorry for the poor reception here. Uh, just quickly, Helen, I was just going to point out that uh, many people are traveling uh, to the center of Australia because of this amazing rock here. Yes. Uh, but what I would like to point out is that we have a greater rock to, to stand on, and that's Jesus. Absolutely. And the reason I'm in, 
the reason I'm in uh, Northern Territory also to take some interviews here, um, there were some also private uh, issues which uh, uh, brought me here. But just to carry on with the story, I, I told you, you know, that uh, amazing story about the girl who talked to the staff. And there is a very good book um, yes. written by, um, uh, by this girl, uh, about this girl, Dolly. And um, I had the privilege to take some interviews. I just let our listeners know that um, in the next coming weeks we'll have some uh, programs coming up. Fantastic. I've actually read the book a long time ago, but yes, I would recommend it to people as well. Yes. And, and another thing, just quickly before I lose the signal again, um, the reason I'm just uh, holding back a little bit here and being more in the um, uh, centre of Australia, particularly in Alice Spring, because this weekend, this coming Saturday, there will be a baptism of Indigenous people, about 20 or 30 people. Oh, praise the Lord, Nick. That's wonderful. And they are coming from different uh, places, from uh, Fink, some other places around. And I heard about that uh, quite a good number of people coming from a community where is the, uh, you know, the density or, or the, um, how you say that, um, there are more Adventists there than anywhere in Australia on ratio. Mm, that's just amazing, isn't it? It's just wonderful, Nick. I'm so glad you can share that with us. I'm glad too. I'm looking forward to the interviews that you've done. I'm looking forward to listening to them. I think it's great to have news from around Australia. And thank you for being the one that's sharing with us. Before we um, close off, though, Nick, is there something else you'd like to share with the listener before we we, um, cut the cord, so to speak? Yeah, Helen and uh, Fabiano and yeah, to all our listeners, what impressed me on this trip in, uh, in the outback of Australia is to meet a lot of people, indigenous people who are hungry for the truth, to know God more. And as I just pointed out a bit earlier with a large number of people coming uh, uh, to be baptized on this um, weekend, um, and I met uh, an evangelist there, uh, Emil uh, Branga, who is running a series of evangelistic programs in uh, Alice Spring. And a lot of people are putting their hands up. They want to be at peace with God. And that really impressed me to see that uh, in the, you know, in the quietness of, of this vast country, you know, Australia in the outback, people are searching for God and are giving their lives to God. And, um, that will be a bit of a, um, how to say, um, uh, I can't find the right word now, but I'm trying to think that many of our listeners, uh, where they listen to us from the busy cities, you know, and uh, where we are busy every day to do things, we should probably pause a little bit more and think about eternity, about, about our relationship with God. Absolutely, Nick. Thank you so much for sharing that. And it's great to hear your voice. Great to have you on the line. And uh, if you don't come back in the next couple of weeks, we might send out a search party. <laughs> That's <laughs> Thank you. I will be back. We'll be back by the end of the uh, yeah, by the, the end of next week Fan- with uh, God's grace. Fantastic, Nick. Keep safe, and we'll talk again. Bless you. Okay. Bless you, guys, and uh, have a good one. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Here we are back again. 
Yes, that was um, that was a surprise. Um, right. I haven't seen Nick for a few weeks, so that was really lovely. Mm. I think we we might switch over to some music. We've got a group called Cellar, and they're going to be singing "Wonderful Merciful Savior."
was that song called? It's easy to find out. Download the free Faith FM app for your smartphone or tablet to see our full daily schedule of programs and music. Well, here we are again. Um, that was a beautiful song. Loved that song. And we want to let you know that if you have any questions or if you'd like to um, let us know where you are, where you're, where you're settled at the moment, please, please um, connect with us. Our text number here is 0488880811. We would really love um, some of the listeners just to let us know where, where you are and what you're doing and if you've got any questions. That number again was zero four double eight double eight zero eight one one. We also have a book that we would like to give away, and our book this time is a thoughtful look at the evidence that a master designer created our planet by Dwight K. Nelson. Now, we have been advertising this through the week, but uh, tonight we're going to offer the same book again. It's called Creation and Evolution. And if you are really interested, it's, it's, um, you know, the debate is kind of heating up as to how old the earth is and uh, what scientific evidence is there pointing to either way. Or can both theories be successfully blended into one? So if you would like this book, Creation and Evolution by Dwight K. Nelson, please, um, text into us the number 0488 Eight eight zero eight one one. Just mention in your text creation and evolution, and we will be very, very happy to send that out to you. And uh, again, that number zero four eight 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 zero eight one one for the book creation and evolution. Well, I'd like to welcome all of you back again. You are listening to Faith FM, Drive Time, Big Q&A with Helen Gray. And today our co-host is Fabiana Nionkuru, and uh, he is a pastor of Sinai and Melrose Park Churches for the Seventh Adventist Church in South Australia. This week we're taking as our theme, Is Creation and the Flood a Fable? And today we're asking the question, did Jesus teach and believe biblical creation? But just before we continue into the Bible, let's have prayer. Let's pray. Loving Heavenly Father, we are so glad to be here. We ask that you bless each one, bless every listener, bless um, Fabiano as he shares the Bible with us tonight, and may the Holy Spirit fill us with the wisdom and knowledge that we need. And uh, may we be willing to listen and to come to you. We pray in your name. Amen. Amen. So, okay, Fabiano, did Jesus teach and believe biblical creation? Before we get to that one, can I ask you the question, who is Jesus? That's right. And, um, yeah, this is a very important topic to actually wrestle with, uh, considering the time and age in which we are living. Um, I mean, the the census uh, data indicates that uh, more and more people are taking non-religion non, non or something uh, similar to that um, pretty much every time uh, the census is conducted. So this becomes a very relevant topic for us to discuss at this point in time. But let me begin, even before I answer the question, who was Jesus? But let me give this analogy, and this is what I've, I guess, shared with some of the younger people that I usually study with from time to time. If you happen to be walking down the road and you find a brand new iPhone 12, this time it's called 12. <laughs> and so... um 
you, you, you pick it up and you look at it and uh, it has face recognition. It's got numbers going from one to ten. Uh, I think it's one to ten anyways. You know how the numbers that you used to dial when you're about to make a call. It's in, it's, in, it's pretty much in sequence, in logical order. One to nine and, uh, you know, you look at this uh, wonderful, wonderfully designed piece of technology. I doubt that you are going to conclude that this just jumped out of a rock. Well, it's strange you should say that because I was holding up my mobile phone the other day and thinking, how can this little piece of technology right. store mm. all those photos That's and right. all that information? That's I mean, right. hang, right. I'm a great grandmother and this just blows <laughs> my mind. There you go. So, so these are important questions there for to wrestle with. Mm. And I think looking at the phone, holding on the, onto the phone in your hand, you know, it screams out to me, you know, and it begs the question, about about the designer when i look at myself i'm real i can move my hands i'm breathing and i'm thinking for myself this to me means that hey there's got to be a designer but hey this is what exactly we want to look at from a biblical standpoint and to see what jesus had to say about that i'm so glad you're breathing because i actually don't (laughs) talk to dead people well that's a good thing (laughs) it's a good thing that we're all breathing isn't it Um, absolutely you know Many Christians believe in a creator. Sadly, some do not believe in the six literal days of creation. They believe in uh, uh, a, a billion of years creation timing. But Jesus, of whom you asked me, uh, has something very uh, important to say to all of us. Because Christians, we believe in Jesus. Absolutely. And uh, our faith stands and falls on the, on the man Jesus. Uh, and so we, be, we need to actually understand who he is and what he taught about creation. Uh, this is what uh, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 16, uh, verse 15. Jesus asked his disciples who he was in, in Matthew chapter 16, verse Verse 15. But the verse that I'm more, that I'm more interested in is John chapter 3, verse 36. Now I'm going to ask you actually to read for us John chapter 3, verse 36. Knowing that in Matthew 16, 15, Jesus asked his disciples whom they thought he was. But now let us hear, um, from John chapter 3, verse 36. Right, I have it here and I'm reading from the New Living Translation Mm -hmm. And it says here And anyone who believes in God's Son has eternal life Anyone who doesn't obey the Son will never experience eternal life But remains under God's angry judgment That's right So the question is, who did he believe he was? He, he, well, Jesus, of course, believes that he was the Son of God. That's right. Yeah. So Jesus actually believed that he was the Son of God. Hmm. And we know that in, May, in John chapter 5, um, he actually got into, uh, what should we call it? There was, there was a little bit of a tension that was rising between the Jews uh, and Jesus. Because he claimed that before Abraham was, that he was there. And, and this is Matthew, uh, John rather, chapter five. Maybe you could turn there as well. Because we are trying to understand who he believed he was. Uh, John chapter five, uh, verse, I believe it is verse 58. John chapter five, verse 58 or 48? 
58. Let me just have a quick look. All right. Again, reading from the New Living Translation. Uh, well, there is no 58 on, in John I, chapter I, 5. I, I just noticed that I, <laughs> uh, I, got, I read it wrong here. It's John chapter 8, verse 58. John, John chapter, chapter 8. 8, verse 58. That's good because now that's got enough verses in it. <laughs> okay, chapter 8, 58. That's right. It says, Jesus answered, and I tell you the truth. Yes. Before Abraham was ever born, even mm. born, I am. That word I am that's right. is so important, Fabiano. Yes, yes, I remember yes. doing a study on that. All right. All and right. Um, in the um, Old Hebrew, it, meant yes. it was ego I me. That's right. Right, and right. it's it's really indicating um, the past, the present, mm-hmm. and the now. That's you right. Know, God never changes. Never changes. And that is the reason. In the fact, in verse fifty nine, it goes on to say, and yes. at that point, they picked up stones to throw him. Yes. And that's interesting. And yes. why did they do that? Because they thought he was claiming to be God. Which is that's right. Sorry? Which is what they call it? It's uh, blasphemy. Which is blasphemy. That's right. I yeah. was trying to understand exactly where you were heading with that. Yeah. No, no. That's, that's okay. right. So he claimed divinity, isn't it? Yeah. They really were the blasphemers. That's right. Think about that's it. right. Yes. Yes. So here, yeah. Jesus clarifies for us who he was. Yes. And uh, the disciples believed that he was God. In fact, Thomas, after the resurrection, worshipped Jesus. But for the sake of time, uh, I want to actually go to other more important texts, uh, which I believe helps us to understand who he was. And I'm going to some of the uh, verses that we all have read a number of times. John chapter 1. John chapter 1 from verse 1 to verse 3. In fact, some of us could even quote the first one, isn't it? <laughs> well, we could, but right. I, I am actually usually in the King James, and here I'm with the New Living Translation, right. so if you don't mind, I will read it. Yes, please. John chapter 1, 1 to 3, did you say? Yes, please. Yeah, great words. Mm-hmm. Um, it says, in the beginning, the Word already existed. That's the right. Word was with God, mm-hmm. and the Word was God. Yes. He existed in the beginning with God, yes. and God created everything through Him. Yes. Nothing was created. Created except through him. There you go. So here in these verses, now the Greek actually will put it this way, in beginning, without a definite article. So which means just at that time in eternity mm. was the word. But we are told that this word was who? Jesus. Yeah. We are told in verse 14 that the yes. word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. Interestingly, there in verse 3, it also says uh, that um, nothing that was created. Uh, what does it say in your uh, New Living Translation? Uh, verse 3, and nothing yes. was created except through him. Except through in, him. In, in my version, yeah. on verse 14, it says, so the word became human. Oh, there you go. That's even more... Uh, clearer for us. The word became human. But this word, which was, now take this, was with God, Yes. but yet is God, became human. I think that is the clearest uh, Bible text we have in Scripture as to who Jesus really was. So the Bible makes it clear that Jesus was God. Hmm. Yeah, Hmm. absolutely. That's right. Um, I've had this discussion very quickly. I'm jumping in here again. No problem. I've had this discussion with people and um, they they disagree that it was Jesus as God that died on the cross. And as I said, they said God cannot die. And I said, well, that's exactly true. But Mm -hmm. why do you think he had to come as a human? Human. Exactly. Because 
Because if God didn't die on that cross That's right. as a human, right. but if he didn't, our salvation is in vain. That's right. He is the only one that can give us salvation. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Here is a um here is a takeaway uh statement. According to the Bible, this word, capital W, is the one who created all things. And when you read in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, you should read that in the beginning Jesus, or you know, together with the Godhead, um, created the heavens and the earth because the word that is used in Genesis 1 1, which is the word Elohim, it's in plural, it's a title of God that is used a number of times in by in the Bible, in the Old Testament, in the in a plural uh, tense, and so tense, not tense. Um, you know the conjunction for those uh, who, who who understand grammar, but it's in plural. So that is why Paul could say in Romans one twenty that everything that 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 we needed to know about God has been revealed to us. Even the characteristics of God, the attributes of God, and then he adds this word, even the Godhead. Because we understand that in the beginning was the Word, who is God, and was with God, so that must be God the Father, and we have God the Son. And in Matthew 28, verse 19 or 20, we actually told actually that there are three in heavens, uh, uh, in, in heaven of whom when we baptize we need to recognize God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And so Paul clearly understood as well that there is uh, um, this uh, unit of three persons which are co-eternal uh, 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 who makes up the Godhead. And so that's why someone by the name of Simon uh, Turpin could actually say this. Uh, speaking about Jesus coming here on earth to dwell with us, he actually says this, and I find this to be quite amazing. He says, uh, uh, John uses a very particular term here uh, skeno in the uh, in the greek which is literally to dwell which means that he pitched his tent or tabernacle amongst us like uh, you you probably remember the story in genesis um Exodus 25 rather where god says hey build me a sanctuary that i may dwell with you so jesus dwelt with us and he took on that human flesh and so god came in our midst. Hence his name, uh, Emmanuel, God with us. And hence, um, Paul could also write in Hebrews chapter one that, uh, that, uh, he, that God the Father said, Hey, your throne, oh God. Hence, you know, the New Testament writers understood Jesus to be God. In fact, there was never a debate about to, uh, uh, in regards to his um, uh, uh, divinity or his nature as such. We don't find uh, you know people in Scripture saying, "Hey, who was Jesus? Was he this or was he that?" Mm. They just believe by faith and declare that he is God. And so, I believe, therefore, that he is God. Amen to that. Mm, Just mm. two points. When we think of creation, Jesus created out of nothing. That's right. Number one. And number two, um, I think I'm hearing you correctly that you're saying that Jesus was fully God and fully man in one person. That's right. Something that we can't really conceive. It is a mystery. We can't sort of get our head around that. That's right. And yet, the proof is there. That's right. You know, and from his own words as well. And to that, Helen, you know, we believe in many things. We believe in gravity, but we haven't seen.
seen gravity, <laughs> you know, regardless. We've seen the result. Exactly, oh. we've seen the result. We believe in so many things. Whether you're a person of faith or you're not a person of faith, you believe in gravity, you believe in air, and uh, you have faith in many other things. So this just proves to me that as human beings, we are limited in our understanding. And uh, we need to believe and accept that which God reveals. Before we go any further, I really want to answer a question which I think some people are probably thinking right now, mm-hmm. especially the people of faith, those who do not believe uh, uh, in uh, in what we are saying uh, in that Jesus is actually God. They're, they're probably thinking, wait a minute, Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 to 20. I want to read these verses, Helen, because I believe uh, uh, this is very important. So that way we actually answer the question that some Christians might be asking. Listen to this, Colossians 1.20. And it is a verse, uh, our verses, should I say, that are usually given out as an evidence as to Jesus being a, you know, a, a, a created being. But listen to this context. He is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or power, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. Now, here's the question to you, Helen. When you hear these words, without, I guess, relying on some presupposition, or hanging on a, on one word, just listening to the summary of those words, is Paul arguing for Jesus being a created being? If you just listen to the summary of those words. Mm. Um, he, he doesn't argue exactly. that Jesus was a created being. He, he knows. Exactly. You know, he, I he, mean, there's no doubt. That's right. In Paul's mind. That's right. He knows that Jesus is divine. Yeah. And rather, he's actually just saying, hey, he's actually exalting Jesus. And this is exactly the point that some people miss here. It is that, it is that Jesus, that Paul is not arguing that Jesus is, is a created being, but rather Paul employs a figurative expression describing Jesus and speaking about his rank. Now, in the Old Testament, this idea of firstborn is used in a number of ways. I wish we had time. But just to give a little bit of, uh, of an understanding of how the Old Testament uses this title, uh, firstborn. It uses it for animals. It uses it for human beings. Uh, you know, the firstborn in terms of natural birth, as well as firstborn in terms of ranks. Uh, so the word firstborn is a theological word, therefore, for a special status. Exodus 4.22 speaks about Israel. You know, Israel, the people of God being firstborn as a, uh, and, and so it speaks about Israel being a special treasure. But not only that, it also speaks about Israel as a holy, special nation. And then, and then God uses this word firstborn. But then in Exodus 19, 5 to 6, David is called the firstborn. But was he the firstborn? <laughs> Definitely not. And uh, so in the New Testament, therefore, and you can read about that, by the way, in Psalms 89, verse 27. Now, in the New Testament, 
the Christian church is also called the firstborn in Hebrews 12, 23. And so my understanding is that firstborn is a theological term speaking about the rank, speaking about the special status. So the church is firstborn in that it is the spiritual Israel now, the people of faith, the peculiar people according to 1 Peter 2, 9. So when we speak about firstborn, I believe we are speaking about that special status. That's Jesus contextually in Colossians 1.15 is the preeminent one in terms of creation. He is our forerunner. He is the, 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 the first fruits of creation. Uh, he is the, um, we could even say he is the firstborn amongst the dead as the Bible says in Revelation 1.5. So Jesus is firstborn not in terms of uh, being created but being our um you know, this special one in terms of uh, 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 the salvation story. So that's how I would put it. So was Jesus created? Definitely not. I believe he's God. I'm so glad you took a breath. <laughs> I tell you, you, talk about the train out of the station. <laughs> Fabiano, <laughs> you give these guys a chance to be co-hosts and they, they just run. I tell you, no, that was wonderful. Thank you. Uh, I think some of the people may need to go into the Faith FM app later. If you haven't downloaded the Faith FM app, I would mm. certainly recommend you do so. Mm. Because if you've missed any of this week, you can go into the app, go to browse, and you can select the ones that you've missed. Amen. And you may want to do that with what Fabiano's just shared because I tell you there was an awful lot in that. But thank you for that. Praise God. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's time, just before we come to music, let me mention again, we have a free book to give away mm. and we'd be delighted to give it to anyone that wants one. It's called Creation and Evolution and written by Dwight K. Nelson and it takes a look at the evidence prayerfully um, as uh, to allow you to draw your own conclusions. It's not actually saying you have to believe this or you have to believe that. It's just giving you some facts and some scientific evidence. Not hard scientific evidence, but, you know, not ones that you won't understand. So Mm. please, if you would like a copy of this book, don't hesitate right now while we're about to play some music to text us on 0488 880811 and request the book Creation and Evolution and we will make sure that it will get out to you. The text again was 0488880811. Now we're going to come to some music and we have now got, um, we've got Ella and I can't pronounce her last name. Um, I think it's Holcomb. Yes, wonderfully made. Thank you for that. Let's, um, while we're doing this, please send your message, your messages to us, or if you've got any questions, again to Believe 
Still you say that we're wonderfully Wonderfully to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A with Helen Gray. And today our co-host is Fabiano Nyonkuru. I've had it right so far, Fabiano. That's right. Stumbled now. That wasn't too bad. Fabiano is the pastor of Sinai and Melrose Park Churches for the Seventh Adventist Church in South Australia. I sincerely hope you enjoyed that music by Ellie Holcomb. Wonderfully made. I think the lyrics were just great. Okay, so I am actually a lay pastoral worker at Birdwood SDA Church in the beautiful Adelaide Hills, and it is really wonderful to be able to share with you, and I'm sitting in the hot seat. I just thought I'd add that again. (laughs) I'm sitting in the hot seat. Okay, this week we're taking as our theme, Is Creation and the Flood a Fable? Today we asked, Did Jesus Teach and Believe Biblical Creation? And that is actually the question I want to ask you now, Fabiano. What did he believe about creation? Okay, first and foremost, I believe that Jesus believed in the totality of Scripture because we are told that in John seventeen seventeen, that Jesus calls Scripture the truth, and in John ten thirty five, Jesus says that um, uh, if if um, he speaks about Scripture, that it cannot be broken. Now, Jesus believed in the Old Testament in that after the resurrection, as he met the disciples who were walking to the, uh, to Emmaus, on the road to Emmaus, um, who were puzzled and could not understand, uh, the, re- uh, what had just happened, the fact that Jesus was crucified, he actually walks them throughout the whole, the whole Old Testament. Because the Bible says there in Luke 24, 27, and beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all scriptures 
the things concerning himself. So he believed that. But also Jesus believed that um, the Old Testament prophecies were reliable because in Matthew 24, 15, he speaks about Daniel the prophet and that the Jews of the time of whom he was speaking to, that they needed to pay attention to what Daniel had prophesied. Lastly, he also believed that uh, the stories of the Old Testament were real and uh, were not fables. These were reliable st- historical accounts. In Matthew 19, verse 4 to 5, Jesus actually says, Have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female? So he spoke about uh, uh, the creation account. So in the few minutes that we have, Helen, I may not read the scriptures, but I'll give the references. Right. Matthew twenty three thirty five. Jesus spoke about Abel, and uh, Mark chapter two twenty seven. Jesus spoke about the literal seventh day Sabbath that ends the weekly cycle. Matthew twenty four thirty seven. Jesus spoke about Noah and the flood. This one I will read because this is key to the whole creation debate. It says, "For as in the days before the flood, Jesus speaks about the flood." He says they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. I think for me, that answers the whole de- creation debate. Um, so here Jesus understood that this was a literal event. Uh, John 8, 39 and 41, he speaks about Abraham to, uh, you know, to, to say that the, Jesus believed in the Old Testament. He believed in the creation account, but these are the, Key points that are derived from these verses. Jesus affirmed a six literal, literal days of creation. Since he speaks about Abel, since, since he speaks about Adam and Eve, when he, uh, um, affirms the sanctity of marriage being between a woman and a man. Uh, so he affirms that. Not only that, Jesus, uh, in Mark chapter 10 verse 6, once again, speaks about Adam and Eve. And so he believes that God created Adam and Eve on the sixth day. So he believes in the six literal days of mm. creation and the seventh being the weekly Sabbath. Mm. So therefore, we could conclude and say that Jesus believed uh, uh, in the creation account as it is in the Bible. I know that today there are so many Christians who are starting to espouse different views. Uh, some hold the scientific view, which believes in billions of years of creation. Others may hold the old earth creation creationism, which is pretty much similar, even though the scientific view does not uh, believe, I mean, does not uh, have God as a creator. Uh, others may believe the philosophical uh, naturalism, but I think what we see from scripture, if we are, if we are a people of scripture, is that Jesus, who is the creator, believed in the six literal days of creation. So Helen, I don't know what your thoughts are on this, but I personally believe that, um, Jesus makes it very clear, uh, and, and, and I'll finish with this verse. Well, not technically finished, but, and then I'll allow you to maybe expand on this a little bit. Where in John 5, verse 45 to 47, Jesus actually says, for if you believed Moses, you would believe me. Jesus said, if you believed Moses, you would believe me. If you believed his writings, you would believe Jesus. So I think 
That's important. Wow. Well, thank you so much, Fabiano. Our time is up. Um, if you want to hear Fabiano, where will you be this Sabbath on Saturday? <laughs> this Sabbath I'll be at Meros Park Seventh-day Adventist Church. Yes, if you want to hear more. And I tell you what, you'll be sitting on the edge of your seat <laughs> as I am. But our time is up. But thank you for joining Helen and Fabiano on Drive Time, Big Q&A. Mm. Please join us tomorrow when Tracy and Gary will spend the entire time discussing why is my worldview important. We really look forward to sharing with you again but until then please remember Christ said I am leaving you with a gift peace of mind and heart and the peace I give isn't like the peace the world gives so don't be troubled or afraid or afraid may God richly bless you please um, sit back and relax as we listen to somebody bigger than I you and I who made the mountains by Carter and Carter Somebody bigger than you